Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are continuing our study on Beatitudes. Today we're going to talk about uh, pure, pure at heart from Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And first, of course, we always going to review about blessed, the word blessed. Again, if you want to go deeper into it, we went much more, we started taught a little bit more about it uh, when we started this teaching on verse 3, where it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So if you want to get more information uh, and study about the actual word blessed, uh, please look into the study on poor in spirit from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. But uh, Pastor Trish is just going to give a quick uh, review about the, the key part of blessed. So when Jesus announces these beatitudes, um, the word beatitude means blessing. And he was creating basically a manifesto. He was stating that the upside-down kingdom was going to be made right-side-up. That, you know, in the way the world works, uh, the wicked seem to always get ahead and... Those who long and are obedient and, and suffer for God um, are left behind. And these blessings are a past, present, and future tense. There's no verb um, in any of these verses. And the word for blessed, some of the commentaries say, should actually say something to the effect of, oh, happy is the one who, or congratulations to the poor in spirit. Um, it is a celebratory tone that kind of hits the ears and uh, is it catches your attention in that way uh that this is he's speaking something that has not previously existed and he's speaking it into existence now these verses are not new in and of themselves each and every single beatitude has a precedent in the old testament he just groups them together um these prophecies and these commandments and things that are found throughout the old testament that god always blessed the meek god always uh, honored those who hungered and thirst for righteousness. Uh, but he brings them together in a way to say, these are the way that the kingdom of God operates. And he brings them together again to say that he is speaking with authority um, as the king of this new and coming kingdom that he's ushering in. For us to have that understanding that when he speaks and says, blessed, he's speaking with the authority and the blessing of the king of this new and coming kingdom. Exactly. Thank you. And just kind of review a couple of other things that I feel like is important to to remind remind people if, if they haven't listened to it. Uh, when Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about how to be saved. He's talking to people of who are saved. So this list that he's going through is what it looks like characteristics of people who is being sanctified. Right. So this is not how you become saved. Mm-hmm. You you don't become saved just by being merciful. But the, being merciful is an attribute of mm-hmm. someone Absolutely. who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and is now in the process of being sanctified. And each of these beatitudes work as a, as steps mm-hmm. um, in a ladder that you start off with realizing that you're poor in spirit, that you are lost and nothing apart from God. Uh, and then you realize that uh, you mourn over and grieve over your sin and the sin in the world. Uh, you surrender to God uh, and you hunger and thirst for a right relationship with God. 
you learn to be merciful because he has given you mercy mm-hmm. and he's given you his Holy Spirit at this point. And now today we look at being pure in heart for they will get to see God. Yeah, and if you want to be pure at heart or somebody who has that pure heart, they have gone through the stages that that we listed before. It's kind of a working process, I feel like, that of less of you and more of him, relying more on God, surrendering more to, to the Holy Spirit working in us. That brings us to the pure heart. And pure heart is, is a very important part for us uh, to understand as we're preparing for the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God. Just because for us to be pure in heart, the other word translation for pure in heart, the the kothemos, katheros, I'm sorry, means also clean. So when they're talking, that word was used in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, of course, uh, a lot of times for sacrifice. So when you would bring a sacrifice to the Lord to atone for your sins and to be able to come into the Holy of Holies, it needed to be clean. So now when we're preparing to come before God into the Holies of Holies, uh, see Him face to face, we need to have that pure uh, pure heart. And that pure of heart always always uh, been, uh, been promised to us, been taught to us a number of times in the Old Testament that that's something that we will receive. Uh, one of the ones is Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. It talks about, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be, care- and be careful to keep my laws. So this is a renewing of our hearts. Not only a renewing of our hearts, let me re- rephrase that. It's replacing our hearts. This, these hearts of stone is one of those things that uh, is promised that God was going to come into and do something with our hearts. So when, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that is the new change. In Jeremiah 31, he talks about the same thing. Jeremiah 31, 33, this is how we get this, this heart. It says, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after the time declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So he's talking again that there's going to be this new covenant. And in Matthew, we know when when Jesus breaks bread, he says, this is my blood, the new covenant that we'll have with you. So when when Jeremiah speaks about this new covenant, it's a new covenant, not the covenant that he had with with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is a new covenant that, that now we have as his people, those who have accepted Jesus as, as, his, as our Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit will come, replace our heart of stone, and, and put a new heart of flesh, a pure heart, a clean heart. And the way we are cleansed is not only by the Holy Spirit, but also by his word and by his... Um, by his uh, laws, by his um, calling for us. It's all these things that, you know, it's, it's, it's that um, now what's in our heart is for God. Just like David was. David was after God's heart, right? A man after God's own heart. So that, that was kind of the desire that God was looking at for a man, right? 
like David. And now, because of the Holy Spirit in us, we can be those kind of people. Right. And the reality is, is that a covenant is made, it's not just legally binding, but it's made between two people uh, as a form of friendship or bound by love. And so the covenant has to be made from heart to heart. It's two hearts that are committed to one another above and beyond the law. And, you know, you mentioned from Jeremiah, Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond a cure. Who can understand it? And I think it's important for us to realize when we stand before the Lord, the sin and evil corrupted our heart. That's the number one thing that has been defiled. And it's not just that our hearts are a little bit, they fall short. It's not that our hearts are for the most part good, but sometimes misleading. Our hearts are completely depraved and the root of where all uh, sin and evil flows, it flows out of our heart. Um, and it flows through our actions, it flows through our words. So our mind may be a battlefield at times, our thoughts may race, we may be double-minded, but the root of all of our evil intention is the seedbed is our heart. And so in order for us to come before the Lord uh, as a new creation, the number one thing that needs to be replaced is our heart. It's, it's not just that it needs to be touched a little bit and healed. Mm-hmm. It's not that it just needs, you know, maybe some good spiritual cardio. We need a completely new heart. Yeah. Our heart has failed. It's broken. And as, as Jeremiah 17, 9 says, it is beyond a cure. So the only way that we can be made new, I mean, the only way that we can be healed is to be made completely new and to be given a new heart. Yeah, and again, going back to David, why he was a man after God's own heart, his uh, Psalm 51 is one of the great examples of it. This is He writes this psalm of lament, this psalm of repentance, this psalm of just crying out to the Lord after he done such a great, great injustice of killing one of his friends, sleeping with his wife, and having a child out of wedlock, and all, all those things. Right, and he comes in repentance, Psalm Psalm fifty one, and it's a beautiful psalm where you hear his desires for God and repentance for for what he has done. But he talks about this pure heart of things. It says Psalm fifty one ten. It says, "Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me." Again, if he says, "Create in me," he wants something new because he knows the heart that he has now is not what it's supposed to be. He wants God to create a pure heart in him. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. If there is a heart that is not pure, that is totally surrendered to God, that means there's a chance that we'll be cast away and the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in that heart. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That is such a powerful and beautiful Um, verses over there of him crying out that he wants to be before God. He wants his Holy Spirit within him. He wants to be, he doesn't want to do this again. He doesn't want to sin against God again because he got so convicted by a prophet Nathan that he was destroyed. He was destroyed because he got caught, but most of all he was destroyed that there's a chance that God would leave him and the Spirit would leave him. And this is David, who's a man after Mm -hmm. God's own heart. Exactly. And and that's exactly the thing is that David knew that his heart was completely corrupted. And so he pursued the heart of God. And that is what we need to do as well as to realize that our hearts uh, have nothing good, have nothing pure within them. And we need to seek uh, 
and pray for the heart and the heartbeat of God, that we would grieve the things that grieve God, that we would rejoice over the things that cause God to rejoice, um, that we would delight in his law and in obedience to his word. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's really is about his word. It's about what we're looking for. It's what, what we desire. In First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. What is that command? Command is Shema, that we find in Deuteronomy. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is the command that comes from a pure heart. Their pure heart is giving God everything, loving him with all our heart, with all our love, all our strength. Everything is given to God. And I know it's, it might be hard for, for somebody to understand that. Well, I love my family and I love my job and I lo- love God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all those things follow. I cannot be a good husband if I put my wife before I put God. That, that, is, that is a fact. That is absolutely fact. A man who seeks God first will be a better husband if he puts his wife above, above, any, above God. Then he just becomes an idol. And that is not what God desires in marriage. All right? So just that, that's one of the ways that we can... We, there's desire of having a pure heart and realizing that the pure heart will be cleansed through the Holy Spirit and through obeying the scripture really yeah. does now one of the things that is a bit of a switch in this verse uh, that may be hard for us to make a connection is it says blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god mm-hmm. and we may say i don't i don't really understand how those two ideas are connected but if you follow the overarching story the trajectory of scripture you would realize that your physical eyes have the ability to see because of your mind uh, your mind receives the images through your eyes and is able to interpret and make sense of what you see. So what we physically can see, taste, touch, and feel, um, you know, happens through our mind. But the for the biblical story, your spiritual eyes, the, the eyes that allow you to see in the spiritual realm, uh, are controlled by your heart. And so whatever is in your heart is what you are able to see and perceive spiritually. Even if you go all the way back to the garden, when sin entered Adam and Eve, when it entered their hearts... Um, it says that their eyes were opened and all of a sudden they could, what they saw uh, because their heart was corrupted was they, they began to have shame and fear. Um, they hid from God and all of a sudden their vision had a drastic uh, change because their hearts were no longer pure. And we see that throughout scripture, that scripture says that no one can see God and live. No one can see his face and live because of the sin that's in us. Not because God can't handle being in our presence, but because we can't handle being in God's presence. The evil that dwells in our hearts um, would destroy us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Exodus thirty-three, twenty. It's where God says that He will pass by Moses, but He says twenty says, "But He said, you cannot see My face, for no one may see Me and live." But here Jesus say, telling us that if we have the pure heart, we will be able to see. His face. Right. So he's restoring that ability for us to walk with God in the garden face to face and to speak with God as one would speak to a friend. And we can only do that once we've been given a new heart. And that new heart gives us new vision, gives us eyes Mm -hmm. that can see Mm -hmm. into the spiritual realm 
gives us eyes that can see God and live. Um, and that's important for us to understand. Uh, there's, so there's a direct connection between sin entering our hearts and our ability to see or not see in the spiritual realm. There's even a story uh, in John chapter 9 of a man who was born blind, mm-hmm. and Jesus heals him, uh, and he tries to, the Pharisees begin to interrogate him, and he says, I once was blind, but now I see. Whether this man is a mm-hmm. sinner or not, I do not know. And they get upset with him, and they say, you were steeped in sin at, from birth. How dare you lecture us? And the the reason they say that is because the fact that he was blind was tied to the fact in their minds, from from their worldview, uh, the fact that he must have been steeped in sin. So sin had a correlation not only to spiritual vision, but whether or not you had the ability to physically see as well. And when Jesus restores his physical uh, vision, he restores his spiritual vision as well. And um, the, the interaction that he has with Jesus is obviously life transforming and powerful. And he gives that testimony to the Pharisees and to everyone around, um, much to their dismay. Yeah. So we want to talk about how do we see God? Of course, uh, we can't wait. We can't wait to see him face to face. But why Why is it connected to the pure? I mean, we've said a number of reasons why it's connected to the pure hearts. But I, I love how Titus talks about, and not Titus talks about it, but in Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 15, it says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciousness are corrupted. So when we have our pure hearts, then we get to see pure God in all around us. Uh, so uh, that leads us to be able to see God in many ways. And we're going to talk about four of those, at least four of those. Um, Three of them, which are now. Yeah. And the one, which is the not yet. That's yeah. the ultimate fulfillment of the promise. So the first one we want to talk about that if those who are pure in heart get to see pureness is in his creation. We got to be able to see God in the creation. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that the men are without excuses. We talk about, we hear so much when people say, well, I don't see God. I don't see him working like he used to. Uh, There's all these things that are happening and I don't see God. There's so much pain and so much evil. I don't see God. But when we have those pure hearts and we start looking for for God, we we see God in his creation. We see God when the... When the spring comes and this new beauty starts birthing, even on the trees, the beautiful little trees, like for us in the park, like a couple of years ago, we just noticed that they bud red first. And then last they, spring, yeah. Yeah, last spring, and then it turns... We've been here for 17 years and never noticed. <laughs> and it was such a beautiful sight of seeing all these trees being the bright, beautiful red. And then at some point, we woke up and there were green leaves. Right, and it was just so beautiful. Or I, I mentioned when we were driving to Yellowstone and going through Colorado and going to uh, Wyoming and just being able to look and 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 you see greenery, then you see desert, then you see forest, then you see mountains, then you see snow, and this is all God created. It, it's you gotta be in awe of things. We we had to pull over. We had to pull over. There was <laughs> we were driving, listening to worship, and. 
and I will, at least I was just crying in, in awe of how beautiful God's creation is. Now we're from Chicago, and I think our skyline is the best skyline in America, but it can't touch what God created, the skyline that he, he makes. So, and even that, the man-made creation, the fact that man can even make such wonders is absolutely. only because of the natural wisdom that God has imbued in humanity, and we wouldn't be able to enjoy even that. And when your heart is pure, you look at those things, and instead of just seeing the traffic and the smog, and that, mm-hmm. well, all those things are there, the fallenness of the world, uh, the ways that things are dysfunctional, you can see the beauty of God's handiwork, the masterfulness of his plan in all of his creation and even in the man-made facets of our mm-hmm. world to That's see good. his infinite wisdom at play. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So the, the next way that we can see uh, God and see his face is indirectly, but in the body of Christ, which is the church. Mm-hmm. And again, with when our hearts are jaded or cynical, uh, you know, it's easy to come to church and see all the things that are not being done right or the ways that the church falls short. Um, especially in today's day and age, there's a very honest uh, discussion about, you know, abuse that happens in the church and church hurt. And all of those things, you know, are not God honoring. But we also have to remember that the church has been set apart as holy and stands under God's grace. And therefore, the church is sacred and is made in the image of God and is meant to be the body of Christ and therefore holy. And we should work on our language and our actions edifying the church and building the church up to be more effective rather than just grumbling and complaining or becoming bitter and cynical about the ways that it's dysfunctional. Um, it's good and healthy to be honest and admit the dysfunction that is there, but it's you can either be part of the problem or you can be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're pure in heart and God is transforming your heart from the inside out, then you, your approach will be one of healing and solutions rather than one of tearing down and causing division and dissension. And Second Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 16 and on says... Uh, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Actually, I'm going to start with 15. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, mm-hmm. we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And that means that we should see in our brothers and sisters in Christ, the image of Christ, the the glory of the invisible God, uh, we should see as we serve and are the hands and feet of Christ, we should see God's image being borne out in our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church community, bearing witness to the reality and being able to see God in our midst. Where two or more are gathered, he is there, but he should be felt and palpably visibly present um, through our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, and as you can see, you really need pure in heart for that. You really need pure in heart because there's so many times where uh, judgment comes in. We're like, well, so-and-so is not serving like they were supposed to, or they're just faking this worship, or, you know, so that's why we need, we need that pure at heart so that we don't come to the body of Christ with this full judgment let God judge them. Let God convict them. Let the Holy Spirit 
move in them. But it's not our call. Let us just rejoice for them and their relationship with Christ that they are in church and they're they're doing it. And if you feel a certain way towards them or how they're how they're serving or how they're acting, that's between them and God. We should be able to, yeah, look for that uh, reflection of, of God through them and, and rejoice in it. Yeah. Uh, and the third way is clearly in the Word of God itself. Um, the Word of God is living and active, and the Word made flesh. You know, the, the prophecies, the wisdom that's in Scripture, as we read the Word of God, it should mirror back to us the presence of God, the likeness of God, and help us to be transformed into His image in the process. Yeah, First Corinthians uh, two fourteen says, "The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned." When we have that pure of heart, when we when we have the Holy Spirit in us, when we read the Scripture, this is not just words. This is this is not just words. This is God speaking to us. There's power behind it. First Corinthians 1, 116, 118, I'm sorry, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are, who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So these words, for those who don't have the Spirit, it's just words, it's just stories, it's just whatever. But, At best, it's something that you use to proof text a point that you want to make. Yeah, just to argue, right? But right. for us, for us, this is, this is God speaking to us intimately intimately showing us who he is his character and guiding us to how we should live our lives but we we gotta see him in here through the holy spirit by purifying cleansing our heart through the through the holy spirit and literally every story from on every page from start to finish should point us to jesus who is the image of the invisible god Absolutely. And so we should see God on every single page of the scripture as we see the life and ministry and the prophetic fulfillment in, in the Messiah. Yeah, and I know I know sometimes it's hard. I'm I'm going through the Bible right now, I'm in Leviticus and I'm I'm reading all the sacrificial ways of how to cut a goat in halves and thirds and what to do with every part of it and everything else and, and you're like, All right God, where are you at? But at the same time, when you pause, there's a blessing of how God wanted to separate the people of Israel from anybody else. You know, if any, and he was very precise about it. Yeah, and if if anything else, they nobody doing what what he asked them to do except his people, and that separated them. And that's our calling. That that's why we don't do the sacrifice because those of us who live in the spirit. We're a living sacrifice. We're a living sacrifice, and we live our lives not like those around us. We don't need to do crazy sacrifices and everything else. We just live our lives sacrificing our lives towards God, totally surrendering our lives to God. And that's how we stand, stand, stand aside, which, standing, which is the last one. We've talked about now, but now the not yet, how we're going to see God's face. And that, that's the exciting part, that we are going to see his face. So ultimately, the pure in heart will actually see God. We will one day stand in his presence face to face. Uh, that is a promise, and it will be fulfilled. And it, 
on his coming and in the judgment day and in the day when we meet our creator, we will get to see him face to face. And that's the ultimate fulfillment. The ultimate promise is to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. First uh, Corinthians 13, chapter 12, Paul's Paul talks really beautifully. He says, now we see but a poor reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. That, you know, so we've talked about seeing God in the creation, seeing God in the church, and seeing God in the word. And as wonderful it is and as beautiful it is, it's still not, it's Nothing just a poor, close. poor yeah. reflection as how it's going to be face to face. And uh, absolutely, I love, I love that saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's, that's, should be our call. Our calling. That should be what's going through our hearts. That that should those words. Every time I speak those words, every time I read those words, every time I hear those words, that I get, I get a burning in my heart of just passion of God. When come, <laughs> come, Lord, come, so I can hear those words. <coughs> so now and not yet. So until the yet comes, let's keep searching for God and make sure that we come prepared with a pure heart and not heart of stone, not a heart of bitterness uh, or hatred, but definitely a heart of pure. And these now tools, you know, it's creation, scripture, the church. God doesn't just immediately, you know, take us to his presence in heaven uh, the moment we're saved because he is giving us that new heart. And those are the tools that as we seek him, we will find him Mm. if we seek him with all of our heart. Amen. Amen. And like he said, and, and if you open the door, I'll come in. So be ready. He's coming. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Remember, you're loved. And covered in prayer. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you're loved and covered in prayer.